0: Hello, everybody. This is John Leland. Welcome to another edition of Video Mojo Live. Uh, This is kind of an amazing experiment. As uh, those of you that have experienced Video Mojo before uh, know that uh, this is an exploration of the bleeding edge of both how to develop a more engaging social media presence and a more vibrant video presence. And uh, Video Mojo has transitioned in the last couple of weeks from being a video blog to being a live video webcast like this. And we are learning and experimenting. That's why it's the bleeding edge. Uh, But I'm really excited to have a a new whole program format for you. So uh, let me give you a taste about what that's going to look like. So I'm gonna do this new format with four parts. I'm gonna tee it up with a commentary following in the footsteps of Fareed Sakari on CNN and open with a commentary. Then uh, my good friend, David Drake, the uh, amazing author of narrative coaching and um, CEO of the Moment Institute is gonna talk about storytelling. Uh, I talked about uh, Beyond Storytelling in a previous episode with Michael Kass, and we're going to go to the next level of Beyond Storytelling and how story can be a very meaningful, powerful, authentic key to a more vibrant video presence. Uh, Then we're going to open it up. This thing is not the same without your participation, and one of the things that I love about uh, working with Ecamm Live and Restream, the software that I'm using, is that I can bring chat Uh, into the program and answer your questions and make it interactive like that. And then we always have some recommendation, a luscious link, and I'll give you a little um, tease. It's going to be a movie review today and something that I think is really important for everyone to experience. Welcome again. And uh, I'm going to show a little screen share here. So this is the famous Nike ad, There Is No Finish Line. And my commentary this morning is really about how what we're doing in life on the web, video marketing, internet marketing, or just um, living things in general, is uh, you know a process. We have a tendency to think about it as um, a product or a thing. And one of my uh, pet peeves about internet marketing are the quick fix, formulaic approaches that if you just follow this formula, this recipe, you're guaranteed to make money while you sleep. Um, you know, it's not like that. And, uh, you know, I've been doing leading edge media for 40 something years and, uh, had my own company amazingly for 35. And my experience is that it's a process. There is no finish line. And uh, I've been reading a book by Cal Newport called So Good They Can't Ignore You. And he makes a distinction between the passion mindset and the uh, tradesman or the craftsman's skill set. And what's interesting to me about the craftsman is that he or she engages in a process, um, learns something over time cares about developing skill. And that's the point that Newport makes is the find your passion and the money will follow ends up being a kind of quick fix. And it really is very vague and potentially dangerous and that it can mislead you. And think you, I think our mindset is that there's this I'm going to find my passion. There's this thing here that's going to change everything. And what changes everything is working one step at a time in baby steps and moving along. So like the Nike ad says, historically, um, there is no finish line. But as the Zen uh, monks say, the journey is the reward. And that's kind of my my favorite part of this whole journey is that um, I get to enjoy it as I go along. And whatever happens is whatever happens. So I hope that's meaningful and useful to you. The Collaborative Conversation is the second section, and uh, my good friend David Drake is standing by here on Skype. Good morning, David. How are you?
1: Good morning, John. Good to see you.
0: Yeah, it's good to see you too. So David is um, the author, like I said before, of Narrative Coaching. He's also the CEO and founder of TheMomentInstitute.com, and He's a really remarkable human being. I really am honored by our friendship, David, as well as the opportunity to offer some of your wisdom to our viewers and listeners. Um, He's a thought leader who uh, has been with the Institute of Coaching at Harvard. He's taught over 20,000 practitioners in 40 countries around his narrative coaching technology, uh, and has worked with over 70 organizations on change and leadership initiatives using their own stories. Uh, And that that really is kind of the important thing here. Uh, So my first question to you is when when you look at organizations, because a lot of the marketers that I work with are thinking about their culture, how does an individual's story affect an organization's impact?
1: One of the things we did in a lot of our projects was helping organizations to realize the disconnect often between the stories they were telling the public and, and the stories they were telling their employees. And so a lot of times the employees felt you know, maybe marginalized or maybe put aside and their own like personal stories, their own personal professional journeys were not accounted for. And oftentimes they were being asked to work in ways which really weren't serving the higher purpose Of what companies often talked about. So the work in culture was really around aligning the narratives so that everybody felt like they were in the same book, if you will, or kind of moving in the same direction. And not only were the stories that they told internally inclusive and inspiring, but also had some integrity and aligned with the stories that the company was telling everyone else.
0: Yeah I think you know one of the things that fascinates me I think both in a corporate context as well as with solopreneurs if you will is the um you know a w- lack of awareness of the stories that we're telling ourselves I was thinking about it mm-hmm. last night and you know there's the stories that we tell ourselves and then the stories that we tell other people and I think mm-hmm. you're talking about the alignment but what's your experience kind of in the marketplace and maybe with an with an eye towards people who are doing business online of you know this their awareness of stories, yes or no, and then both of those categories of the stories we tell ourselves, and then what we're putting out into the world, because I think there's a there's normally a big disconnect going back to that passion yeah. thing I was talking about, at Cal Newport, you know yeah. we tell ourselves a story that there's a passion we should be finding, and that's just a story, right,
1: yeah. Well, and I think it's also um, one of the things that makes stories really uh, powerful is they speak to our values. And a lot of what creates a story is when we feel like our values at risk or is under threat or maybe was taken away or, or compromised. And it's the quest to go restore our own integrity or our own well-being. And so I think a lot of times, again, we get in trouble when we're chasing after a story, like you said, John, that we're being led to believe is what we should be doing. And we see enough examples in the marketplace of people that may not have high integrity or or high authenticity, but succeed anyways. And I think for me that, you know, that isn't one path one could choose. But a lot of the people we know as solopreneurs in particular, you know, really want to do something meaningful in the world with, with whatever their craft is. And so I think really looking at what are the values that your audience most appreciates? What are they really missing right now in their life, particularly in the pandemic, that you can speak to? And I, I look at my daughter, you know, and, and she, she's been on social media, friends since she was quite young. But, and I, I track what she follows, and it's really people that she trusts especially when things were a bit rocky, when she lost her graduation and her prom and her summer job and university because of the pandemic. And she was a bit, you know, adrift. And she I listened to her talk about who she turned to on the Web. Um, And there were people that spoke to her value about comfort and uh, familiarity and stability, but people that she could relate to and, and trust implicitly. And I, she's actually met a couple of these people in person. Um, I've, I've watched some things with her that way. And so if you understand what your audience values the most, you can look for stories yourself and also elicit their stories that speak to them about how they're gonna get their values fulfilled. Uh, if you don't understand your customer's values, and you're just trying to sell them something, then there's gonna be a mismatch and they're gonna perceive that and they're gonna be less likely to uh, want to engage you or buy from you.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's really a key component of what goes on with online media is trust. You really hit a key button there. And so a really important thing that I would love you to speak to David is how we be ourselves, how we be our authentic selves What's what's the role of story in doing that? Because I think that authenticity is what makes the connection and kind of really helps us build those
1: relationships and develop that trust. Do you agree? Yeah, I totally agree. And, And one of the distinctions I make comes from a colleague of mine. It's more in the academic space, but it's really a very practical distinction. And she said, the fancy word is rhetoric. So it's a way of talking. There's two primary ways of talking and telling the stories. One is um, uh, persuasive. I'm trying to get you to feel something, uh, do something, be, uh, be, you know, sometimes it can border on manipulation, but persuasion, which is the way many of us were taught to think about marketing. I want to get you to buy something, usually out of a scarcity mindset or a pressure mindset. And so um, what, she really, what Sonia really champions, which I think is something you and I believe in a lot, is what she calls invitational rhetoric. And so the use of story is less about I'm going to try to move you to feel a certain way or to act in a certain way, but more of an invitation, using your stories to create an opening for people to come meet you. So it might be like um, a really authentic telling about, you know, part of why I created this business was because I realized I was way really flustered, I couldn't find what I needed, and I was kind of losing traction in my business. And I kind of figured out a few things I'd like to be able to share with you. But being humble and open to share about your own journey invites people to say, wow, I thought they had everything together. I see how successful they are. But in reality, they they were like I am now two years ago. And mm, they might have something of value I might learn from to, to hear more about their journey. And so I think the piece that's missing is that in the anxiety about how do I grow my business or how do I adapt my business in the pandemic is... Sometimes we're tempted to push harder or be louder or be be more different, uh, which, you know, some people have used to their success. But I think in the long run, it's people that find a way to make it safe and desirable for you to come be with them. And so that's what we think of as using stories in an invitational manner.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I love I love that. And I think that that element of, you know, I use the term working in public. You know, that's what we call Mm -hmm. the experiment that we did last week. And it's really kind of what's still going on this week has that kind of openness that you were just talking about and being willing to share the journey with people. uh, Because as you said, if you're on a journey, other people can relate to that. Uh, Awesome. I want to, so I'm going to bring up our community campfire slide just to let people know that this is a community and um, we want to make sure that you participate. So I have good news, which is that uh, I see Samantha here. On uh, you can't see it, David, but I've got Samantha's wave up on the on the screen. And um, you know, we also had a comment from Vince. So she's on YouTube, and uh, Vince is on uh, Facebook, and he really likes the idea of it's not always that business is not always living up to their message. And you and you yeah. and I can you and I can keep talking, but I also. Anybody that's watching on Facebook, anybody that's watching on YouTube, if you have questions and comments that you want to bring to the party, um, you know, please throw them in the comments and uh, I will try and include as many of them as we can. So taking Mm -hmm. a breath for a second, you know, it's just such a crucial conversation. And, you know, I think that this, um, I talk about the bullshit meter you know i think that people's awareness of when they're being lied when they're being lied to and when they're being manipulated as you were talking about before people trying to sell for the sake of selling um is increasingly unaffected. although mm-hmm. on the other hand we could make the argument that with the amount of fake news and one of the you know one of the statistics i heard lately is the negative stuff gets distributed six times as much as the positive stuff um you know what else could you say that reinforces the value of authenticity as a way to create engagement and build trust. I know that there's, there's something you, you value, you call your organization, the moment Institute, or is that the right. Institute, right? Um, yeah, is the URL. And it, you know, it's because the present moment and the current authentic story has so much value. And can you say more mm-hmm. about that? I mean, is that accurate what I said? And can you say more about that? If so?
1: Yeah. Yeah, very much so, you know. And so, you know, not you know each of us has a a business that appeals to certain kinds of people or certain people with certain kinds of needs and and not others. And so one of the things we realized that our practitioners most valued was not just to even keep learning the content, but they wanted to talk to each other. And so Yeah, because, you know, so just as an example, one of our community members had been had experienced three significant deaths in the last month and is separated because of the pandemic from her parents who are aging in another country. She can't get to. She had some challenges for a couple of her clients. Wow. And she said, you know, I've never even met most of you and you're, but you are many of my closest friends now because of the caliber of the conversations. And so from a marketing and a, and a social media perspective, in terms of being yourself, you want to create an environment where people say, I want to be a part of that. I, these are people like, I recognize these people. They talk like I talk or they, they have things that I think would be valuable and, and or sometimes they're different, but I, that perspective would be really helpful to me right now. And I think for me, I think one of the things the trends I'm seeing in my in my part of the world is really around, you know, content is everywhere. You know, getting good content is pretty easy now. Getting good conversations and connections with people you trust and where love is more the operator in some ways um, than the bottom line is is rare. I think particularly since many of us are more isolated right now. And so, creating that sense of connection with the people that you're trying to serve is huge, and that comes again from how they, how they perceive you and how they perceive what you're trying to do. And if you just want to make money, there's lots of ways of making money. Um, but, but in terms of the kind of things I know you champion, John, and like what the kind of people you're trying to support, it's really around how can you make a meaningful difference in the lives of the people that are in your business community and. And I think stories, um, use, using some of their own stories, having safety where they can share share their stories with you or with others um, about, and even, even like we had somebody was really struggling with our programs. And so we invited her on to tell the story of why she was struggling. She said, no no presenter of your caliber has ever asked me that. You know, they're always like, oh, everything's fine. It must be your fault that you're not learning. But we had a dialogue. And so we, we learned a lot about um, some learning styles that I often don't think about but was really strong for this person and so we found some other people in our community that were also kind of learned the same way to help her out and so it's it, the intimacy you form regardless of the business you're in is what people I think are really craving mm-hmm. and there's a variety of ways given your you know your uni- unique business to make that happen uh, but that will help you I think a lot in the end.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. It's very valuable. It, the, it, it. I think it also comes back to what I was saying at the beginning, regarding the fact that uh, it's a journey, and we don't find yeah. out. There, you know, getting a more authentic story, uh, doing yeah. it in a way that's engaging and inviting is not something that happens in a single event. Uh, you know, I've no. I've been doing live media, and part of what kind of really feels at home for me in doing these live webcasts that turn into podcasts, that turn into YouTube videos, et cetera, et cetera, is that I've been doing live media. You know, I've I've been reminded of the radio shows that I used to do back in the 70s and the TV show wow. that my associate Vince who's in the background here uh, and I did back in, the, in 75. So uh, it has, but it's even with that experience, it's all new to me. Right. The technology that we're using here today is new um, and the opportunity to engage and invite and, you know, kind of be myself is something that I've been continually learning. Right. I, I rebooted, the, you know, I created Video Mojo as, as a video blog a year ago, August. And, um, you know, now this is the second live episode that we're recording in this environment. So anyway, all that's to say it, yeah. it's, a, it's a journey and I love the journey. Did you want to add something in there? I think we're we're in good
1: shape. Yeah, no, I think we're doing well. But I I just was going to add that part of what this um, invites us to think about is that we live in a time where um, everything is changing and there's a lot of uncertainty. And so that agility to really sense where your customers are at and how their needs are changing. And one of the things I tell our students is, you know, I wake up every day asking how am I today, how's my team today, how's the work today, how's the community today, how's the world, how's the whole world today, and what kind of things um, would uh, be of service to them. And so we're we're making these adjustments in real time as we go, which people are just extraordinary, they're just so appreciative of, as opposed to trying to get them to fit into what we already have, because we're we're done, so you should just come here. And they're like, yes, but my needs are over here now. And so I think it's a time when, you know, to you know, really trust your own craft, really have an agile business model, really have your ear to the ground about how your customers are really doing and what they're really needing, which they often don't have language for yet. You, you see it in them before they often can describe it, I think really puts you again at a place of trust where people say, oh, this person really hears us. They really see us. Um, they're really responding to the things that are important to us. Um, yeah, and that's so we found so, been... that.
0: So important. Yeah. yeah. I, so thank you so much, David. I'll, I'm, I, we're open to one last question if we can get it. Um, Vince made a good comment, which says that uh, there are lots of ways to make money, but are you making money in a way that's meaningful and authentic? And I think right. that you're resonating the value that I'm always talking about, which is, you know, If it's not meaningful media, it's just more noise. And probably the last thing we need right now is more noise.
1: So No, and so our job is to find the signal. And, yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly, David. And I know that that's what narrative coaching is all about. And that's the book is called Narrative Coaching. And tell me, it has a good subtitle. Say it for me since I don't have the top of mind.
1: The Definitive Guide to Bringing New Stories to Life.
0: Yeah. And news stories that are authentic and real are what life is all about in a way. And, and create meaningful media, meaningful media, like Vince was talking about. Uh, so anyway, thank you again for making the time. I know that you have a lot going on. And so um, really fun to be with you again. And thanks so much for your contribution.
1: You're most welcome, John. Thank you.
0: Okay. And so now it's time for Luscious Links, which is one of my favorite things, is always sharing valuable Resources. And uh, what I want to do today is share with you um, a, a movie review. Uh, and this is the movie that is currently on Netflix called The Social Dilemma. And I really can't uh, recommend this movie more strongly. I know a lot of people are kind of afa- afraid to see it. Uh, and uh, because it brings up the reality, it tells the truth. Of the fact that for all I, t- you know, and I want to make sure that it's a balanced story here. Um, you know, I'm an enthusiastic, um, you know, advocate for using social media like we were, like I was just talking about with David in a meaningful way. But there is a dark underbelly and a very serious um, concern, what they call the social dilemma, of the way that we are being used as products. Um, we are not the customers of social media and of Facebook and of Google and of uh, the rest of the social media companies. We are actually the product, our attention, our data is what's being sold uh, to the advertisers who provide the revenue that make these uh, tech companies the biggest companies in the world now. So Google and Facebook and, and YouTube and all of that, it's a massive business that's in a sense preying on our attention and doing everything they can to have us be addicted. And so the kind of, I've been a big advocate for a long, long time about media literacy and understanding the way stories are edited in TV news, for example. But I think it's also crucial to have social media literacy and the social dilemma, this movie on Netflix that I'm highly, highly recommending and is today's Luscious Links goes deep um, there's a, a There are a lot of really great thought leaders and activists named Tristan Harris, um, the author Roger McNamee who wrote Zucked. Um, I discovered for the first time Shoshana uh, Zuloff, I think is her name, who wrote Surveillance Capitalism. Uh, she's a Harvard Business School professor. Um, Jaron Lanier, the father of virtual reality. Uh, uh, people who have been high level executives at Facebook, at Google, the guy who invented the like button um, on and on, and they are there to testify to we need to wake up to what 's happening with social media and the power and the and the very real dangers that are increasing suicide rates among particularly young women, um, you know playing a big role in the dangers that are um, very very present to our democracy and down the line. So I think this is an important film because we all need a better understanding of what's happening with social media. Like I said, social media literacy. So today's Luscious Link uh, is The um, Social Dilemma on Netflix. And with that, I think we're almost at 30 minutes and uh, our new format is actually happening. So we'll be back next week with uh, more Luscious Links with another meaningful interview, and we hope you'll join us with your questions.